Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham, and I've got a uh, uh, coming off the injured list, maybe, maybe going on the injured list, Jerry Ratcliffe joining me. Jerry, man, um, tough day. Uh, your, your dog, uh, you, you went for a tackle. You, uh, you, you didn't end up on the good side of that, but uh, you're here with us, so you're doing okay here, uh, I suppose, today uh, as we're talking here. Yeah, I think uh, my dog is, is like running into Earl Campbell, I think. Uh, <laughs> No, he uh he saw another dog when I was walking him and uh, took off and uh, I should have used the uh, um more wisdom for my age and just said it's it's me or the, me or the dog and and let go. I didn't let go and uh, he pulled me and I face planted in the street. So I'm cut up like I went three rounds with Mike Tyson and. Uh, but uh, you know, I guess I'll get over it. And uh, but hadn't hurt my mouth, so I'm good for a podcast. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of I saw Super Seventy Sports Twitter account tweet out a a video. They, one of one of my favorites. Earl Campbell was one of my favorites growing up, and uh, the one where he's run up. The, the Oilers are playing the Steelers, and he runs through Jack Lambert. I mean, literally just runs over him, and then the guy tackling him in the secondary like rips his jersey off. Um, and I'm imagining you trying to grab you know trying to hold on to that leash i'm imagining you being that safety trying to tackle earl campbell <laughs> i didn't fumble I, I i kept uh i kept hold of the leash to the bit to the bitter end and they uh some uh neighbors were there and rescued wow. me so wow okay but well, i didn't um, i didn't fumble though this might be a good time to, to thank one of our sponsors. We hope you don't need them, but UVA Orthopedics might get called into play here. Yeah, they could. I, I'm having some wrist pain uh, that I might have to go get checked out. And, uh, yeah, UVA Orthopedics, uh, I'm, I may uh, experience them in person here in the next day or two, but uh, they uh, obviously they're uh, one of our sponsors and uh, – Great people over at uh, Ivy Road with their new state-of-the-art clinic. That's uh, it's a huge facility with all their doctors under one roof. So if you've got problems uh, that need more than one doctor's uh, input, the, they have them all right there. And in, in, uh, I think it's the largest facility between Baltimore and Winston-Salem. It may be larger than that, but I know it's. Uh, in terms of state of the art stuff, it's I think it's number one on the East Coast and maybe one of the top three in the country in terms of uh, state of the art. So if you have any kind of issues that would require UVA, ortho, UVA orthopedics, uh, please uh, pay them a visit because they can they can help you for sure. Well, let's as we get ready to talk UVA Duke football Saturday night, uh, seven thirty uh, down in Durham. Let's stay on the uh, the injury line for for the start here. Tony Elliott talking about uh, some some players who will be coming back for Virginia this week that uh, that the Who's had been without the last couple of weeks. Uh, leading the, the the names there, Billy Kemp the fourth looks like he'll be ready to uh, to play at Duke. Yeah, it looks like they're going to have him back. Uh, he's missed the last two games with uh, an undescribed uh, or I guess. Uh, I don't know if described is the right word. Uh, they they never really gave us the 
full diagnosis on the on him, but he had he had some kind of kidney issue that caused him to get dehydrated apparently, and uh, I, I guess he could have gone to Syracuse, but they decided it was probably wiser to just let him stay home and uh, recover over the weekend so he'd be ready for this week. And uh, so it looks like he'll be back. Certainly they'll need him uh, being the key slot receiver he is and, and one of the top pass catchers in UVA history, really. I think he ranks uh, in the top four. Uh, maybe even the top three in UVA history, something like that in, in numbers of catches. So uh, certainly they can use him. And uh, I guess the other guy that's probably coming off the injured list is um, uh, Antonio Clary, right? Uh, right, right. Yeah, he, he had had a, an issue with, with a stinger, missed last week's game. Um they think he'll be ready to play. He, apparently he was out in practice the other day. Uh, one guy they're not getting back is Cohen King, another safety uh, who hasn't practiced. He has a sprained MCL and hadn't practiced lately. So I don't, I don't know if they'll have him back for a while. And there's some changes on the depth chart uh, starting at center with Justice Johnson III, who played a lot of the snaps uh, in last week's game at Syracuse uh, after Ty Furnish got the start. Looks like Johnson's going to get the start this week. Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, they're both sophomores, and uh, Furnish had done really well in camp and earned the starting position, but he's a little light. He's uh, 279, and you know he's going up against 300-plus pound nose tackles or defensive tackles. And Justice Johnson is a little more equipped in that department. He's 6'3", 306. And um, just, just perhaps can handle that physicality just a little bit better. Uh, so he uh, has earned the starting job and, and will start uh, at Duke on Saturday. And um, in the meantime, uh, Deshaun Perry will start at the Mike linebacker instead of our uh, our good friend. Um, gosh, Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson. I don't know why I went blank there. Uh, who was uh, going to miss the first half of the Duke game on a uh, repercussions of a targeting disqualification up at Syracuse in the second half last Saturday our last Friday night. So uh, Deshaun Perry, a kid from the Miami area, uh, really uh, improved since they moved him to a linebacker job. He was kind of a, a, an edge rusher and didn't feel as comfortable there. And so he's, he's flourished since he's uh, switched back to, I think, a more natural position for him. And um I'm sure they'll alternate some other guys in there with him just to keep him fresh until Jackson can come back in the second half. Yeah, you know, talking about Justice Johnson first at center, uh, I remember, you know, Tony Elliott uh, and, and also Garrett Touge uh, talked a lot about him back in the spring. Uh, Justice Johnson has back in the spring uh, during July and August during camp. Yeah. They really loved the kid. Uh, they just didn't think he was quite ready to, to start at center. Um, but you could tell that if if there were any uh, issues with Ty Furnish, who seemed to master the center position better, but as you mentioned, maybe just a little a little light to play in the middle of the line, uh, that Johnson would step in there. 
Um, also, uh, freshman place kicker Will Bedridge, who was a pretty well-regarded recruit, uh, took over as the uh, kicker in the middle of the game last week after the couple of missed uh, field goals by Brendan Farrell. And Bedridge will be the starter at place kicker. Uh, he had a kick block, an extra point block. His 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 kicks were kind of low in line drive, but uh, Tony Elliott showing confidence in the young man giving him the start uh, this weekend. Yeah, and uh, you know Farrell was eleven of thirteen on field goals last season and won the job in camp. And uh, but he's gotten off to a shaky start. He's only four of eight this season, which is pretty low percentage for a kicker, even though uh, his two misses. Last week were from, I think, 48 and 50. Um, somewhat understandable, I guess, unless you're the head coach who knows that one of those field goals would have put you over the top in that game. Uh, Betridge looked good in training camp. They, I think are, the story, I guess the, the big story on him during camp was that uh, they had an impromptu end of practice, uh, I guess, pop quiz for him as far as kickers go uh, at the end of one of the practices when they were from like 48 yards out. Uh, I don't think it was a pass rush or anything, but they put the spotted the ball down for a 48 yard field goal and people were screaming and yelling and he had to kick it under pressure in that regards and made it uh and they started calling him walk-off, uh, which Farrell was uh, a couple of weeks ago with a walk-off field goal, winning field goal against Old Dominion. But um, so, uh, you know, yeah, he did have an extra point blocked, which I'm sure is a little bit of a concern. But I guess they figure if you're going to go with a guy who may be a little shaky and may miss some, you might as well just go with a freshman instead of a senior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, we don't know how that's going to work out i guess we'll see as time develops yeah it's uh you know you yeah you mentioned that you know you, the 22 20 loss there was there were two missed field goals a missed extra point and also there was one um fourth down uh in field goal range that uh, elliot decided to go for and did and virginia didn't convert so i mean <laughs> you hate losing games no matter what but you hate losing them that way particularly um yes and so uh so let's turn our attention to duke this weekend um the weather, we, we wrote about the weather. You wrote it, and I did one of Augusta Free Press as well. Um, I, I just looked at a forecast before we clicked record, and it looks like it might not be so bad in Durham on Saturday night. Now the, the forecast track for Hurricane Ian, I guess technically for the moment, Tropical Storm Ian, though it's going to re regenerate to hurricane strength when it gets back over the water here sometime later today. We're recording on Thursday. Um, it, it appears to now be expected to speed up. Uh, there had been a thought that it would uh, the, the storm would be slow moving through the Carolinas. Um, you know, when I looked yesterday at this time at the forecast track, um, it was projected um, midday on Saturday to still be in the Columbia, South Carolina slash Charlotte, North Carolina area, which would have meant a lot of rain for Durham. Uh, but now it's looking like it'll be all the way to Southwest Virginia by Saturday midday. Uh, in Durham, the, the forecast for Saturday night with the 7.30 kickoff is just for a chance of showers, probably just mostly cloudy. Um, and so um, that said, uh, this has had to factor into uh, Tony Elliott, uh, Des Kitchings, uh, John Rudzinski and their game planning for the weekend just because of the unknown. Yeah, no question about it. And they've been practicing with wet balls ever since uh, Tuesday for sure. 
just so uh, everybody can get used to snapping, catching, throwing, uh, running with the football. Uh, so there won't be any surprises there with handling a wet football, whether they'll need to or not. Uh, Tony says he'll be ready. He'll have a, a plan and adjust to whatever the weather is. He's uh, been in some of those games. I guess Clemson and Notre Dame was in a downpour uh, not long ago, and, and Tony has played in uh, a monsoon kind of rain back when he played at Clemson back in the early 2000s. And um, so he he's, knows what it's like. Uh, I don't know if any of Virginia's players have been in that kind of weather. I was just trying to think. Um, I know they've played in rain, but I don't think they played in substantial rain. The last one I remember was when Bryce Perkins was quarterback and they had to play at Indiana, I believe. Yeah, I was at that game. Years now. That was, uh, that was a uh, – it's probably as rainy a game as I've seen uh, in years. And uh, it was uh, – I'll never forget how uh, – I, I was surprised that a Big, St- Big Ten stadium like Indiana would be so full of, of – uh, holes in the stadium because you were walking under the stadium like you would under Scott Stadium to get to the press box or your seat or or whatever level you're on and uh, you needed an umbrella or a rain jacket because there was so much water leaking through the stands that, that you were getting soaked uh, under the, the protection of the stadium. So, but that, that was, that was about a bad a rainstorm as I've covered in in many years let me tell you i'll interject i remember the uh, 96 i think it was game played during a tropical storm coming through central virginia virginia playing texas uh tiki barber scored three touchdowns in the first quarter i had to back then the press box was a lot smaller than it is now and there's a lot of empty seats in there now back in the in the 90s it was still pretty tiny and i was um uh rich murray gave me a press pass but i did not have a press box seat with it so I had to sit out in the stands during that tropical oh, storm coming through. And um, I, I remember saying to the guy sitting next to me at one point, it can't possibly rain harder than it is right now. I think that was in the second quarter. And then it started raining harder. You <laughs> <laughs> said that. <laughs> I got back home to Waynesboro and Waynesboro was the, the river was literally flooding. It, it, they literally played in a tropical storm coming through the, the central Virginia that night. It was a night game. And, um, so I, I I think I remember that one. I, I I might still be drying out from that one 25 plus years ago. <laughs> I'll never forget that night because uh, the way Virginia's defense uh, beat up Ricky Williams that yeah. that night. And at, at the end of the season, uh, the Texas SID sent me an email and he said at at the end of each season we ask our players who the toughest opponents were that they faced in in various categories and. Ricky Williams said he had never played against a defense that beat on him like Virginia's did. Uh, Poindexter and those guys, I think, uh, Wally Rayner and, and uh, uh, James Ferrier, I think they all just wore him out that night. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965 with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big-time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat-screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn 
where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Yeah, it was quite a night. I, I, you know, 34-10 win, Virginia, you know, yeah, beat Ricky Williams, future Heisman Trophy winner. And uh, I think it started, you know, the rain started lightening up in about the fourth quarter. So <laughs> I tried to, I tried to take notes. I had a little plastic bag. It, it just didn't work very well. <laughs> yeah. Of course we had that BYU game that was delayed by storms and it, it rained a lot, but it, it, they didn't play in the rain that much. So they... No, I remember the, the water coming down the stadium steps though. Yeah. They cleared the stadium out for like four hours and we were sitting in the dark in the press box. Yes. And then all that water going down the steps. Um, and Virginia only went two and 10 that year, but they beat BYU in that game. That was amazing. I remember that. Yeah. Beat Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco and Bronco and Robert <laughs> and I and all those guys. Yeah. 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 The very bad Virginia team that year. <laughs> true. Very true. So uh, Virginia and Duke. Uh, Duke is a two and a half point favorite, uh, according to Vegas, uh, going into this one. Um, you know, and and so the the, the you know the, the players have been practicing with wet footballs just uh, to to acclimate just in case. Um, doesn't bode well for a, for a, especially for a wide receiver group that's been struggling with drops this year. You know, it's a this heralded wide receiver group still trying to figure its way into this new offensive system of Des Kitchings. And I know Tony Elliott talked a little bit about the adjustments that are continuing to be made. Um, what do you, what do you think, uh, you know, what, what can fans expect Saturday night? Can, can this group, I think Tony put it at, I think we're, you know, we're seeing some improvements where we're maybe ready to turn a corner. Do you think that they're that close to turning a corner? That's really difficult to say. I, I, I can't say that I'll believe it until I see it. Um, uh, we've heard coaches here say we're close before and, and they weren't close, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a believer when I see things, but uh, they've they've got some things they need to take care of to fix. Uh, the receivers are uh, making some; uh, they're, they're causing some of their own problems because they're running the routes, those sideline routes, too close to the sidelines. They're not giving themselves much cushion. How many times have we seen guys catch passes out of bounds? or the ball sail over their heads out of bounds. They're asking Armstrong to throw it in a tight window uh, on those sideline routes. And they, they need to cut off their route uh, and give them at least give them themselves at least five yards to be able to catch the ball and stay in bounds. And right now they're not doing that. And I mean, they are some of the time, but the majority of the time they're not. And we've seen so many incomplete passes, um, on those kind of patterns that just are, are killing their passing game and particularly on some third downs that they've really needed it. And, um, you know, it, the boundary is, is like an extra defender. I mean, if you're not, uh, if you're not uh, giving yourself enough cushion to catch the ball. So all the guy has to do is ride you out of bounds and, and, um, the Virginia receivers are going to have to learn how to read coverage a little bit better and uh, maybe break off the routes a, a little sooner than what they're doing. Um, Armstrong's having some problems still. Uh, he said, the, Tony said the other day that they're asking him to throw it in rhythm, which is what we see more from 
uh, the NFL quarterbacks and probably from former Clemson quarterbacks like uh, Watson and um, Lawrence. Uh, and it's not going, it's not going well. He's, he's not, uh, he's not grasping the concept of throwing it in rhythm the way that they would like him to. He's still, um, I don't know, freelancing it a little bit more. He, he's, he wants to drop back in the pocket and wait for things to develop. And sometimes the pocket collapses. Sometimes the coverage uh, is so good that, or the, or that he doesn't have time or he isn't giving the receivers enough time to develop the routes. Uh, it's a little bit of a mess right now. And, and he says that they're getting close and, you know, maybe they are, and if they really need to, because this is the fifth game of the season. We're almost halfway done, Chris, and they're coming up on a stretch of three very winnable football games that could put them back in the race for the Coastal Division title. And, and the Coastal seems wide open after what we've seen from Miami. I mean, they play Duke, Louisville, and Georgia Tech in a row, and all those are winnable games. Uh, you could be five and two at the end of that stretch and be, and be right in it and uh, hopefully build some momentum and some confidence and get some of these problems they're having worked out. But uh, it all starts Saturday night at Duke, and, and that's one I think that they've got to have. On the flip side, the defense, uh, as, as, as bad as it was last year, has been as good this year. Uh, uh, giving up just 19.3 points a game, something like 360 yards a game of total offense to opponents. Um, you know, as, as you almost wish if you're a EVA fan, well, you do wish if if this year's defense could play with last year's offense, this team would be a <laughs> exactly ACC championship game contender. Uh, but defensively, yeah, this 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 uh, this group under John Rosinski, as much as the uh, the offense hasn't gotten what it needs to get in terms of the new scheme the defense has really gotten what John Rosinski wants them to do. Yeah, they're playing their butts off. I mean, you can't ask any more of those guys. They've they've held uh, all their opponents to 25 points or less, I believe, and that's you should be able to win those games. And if they had any kind of offensive production, they they would they would have. They would at least be 3 and 1 right now, if not 4 and 0. Um the defense, you can't ask much more of what they've done. They've already recovered more fumbles this season than they did all of last season. Um, you know, remember, I don't know how many times you wrote it, and I wrote it too, uh, about the inefficiency of last year's defense. I mean, in every metric that mattered, they were ranked 100 or above out of 138. FBS teams and I mean they were just porous. And uh right now it's it's the improvement is drastic. I mean, you look at this, they're number 61 in the country in rushing defense, they're number 51 in the country in total defense, they're number 37 in the country in scoring defense. They're uh tied for first. With uh, with Duke, believe it or not, and fumbles recovered, and that's in the nation, not just in the ACC. With seven, uh, they're tied for fifth in the country in sacks, three and a half per game. They had six sacks up at Syracuse last Friday night. 
They're tied for 13th in turnovers gained in the country with nine. I mean, what else can you ask of these guys? Uh, they're getting uh, really good, strong contributions. Uh, we wonder what kind of pass rush they were going to have. It started to show itself with Cam Butler, who came in from one of the Michigan directional schools. I can't remember which one. Maybe Central. Uh, I know. Uh, Cam was from Miami of Ohio, another Mac school. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. A different, different Mac school. And then uh, Chico Bennett, who transferred up from Georgia Tech last year and was injured. Uh, those two guys have been putting a lot of heat on the opposing quarterbacks. Uh, ben Smiley and, and some of those guys are, are doing a pretty good job controlling the middle of the defense from tackle to tackle and, and uh, putting some pressure on guys. Uh, it's not really showing up in sacks, but it's, it's, it's definitely putting some heat on guys and making them throw the ball earlier than they would want to or throw it away. Uh, so, uh, you know, they haven't given up. I, th I think they've only given up one play of 40 yards or more. I'm, I may be wrong on that. I have to go back and look at my numbers. Last year, I think they did that at least 18 times. Uh, the tackling seems better. Uh, Tony made an interesting comment the other day when we were throwing some of these stats in his face, and he said, well, I don't, I'm not much of a stats guy, but he said, I'm more of a position guy. Are they in position?" If they're in position, they're they're you know they they can do their job properly, and he likes what he sees in that department. They they have been in position. John Rudzinski and his staff have these guys playing at a, another level of football from what they were accustomed to the last year and a little bit the year before that. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Goodfeet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. They may have their hands full Saturday night. Uh, Duke is 3-1 and one this year, uh, coming off a loss at Kansas. Uh, the 2-1 the, the beatens meeting last week, Duke and Kansas in, in football. Yeah, a little uh, weird. <laughs> kind of strange. Uh, Duke uh, lost that one 35-27. Their quarterback's a guy named Riley Leonard, a sophomore, um, good numbers, uh, over 1,000 yards passing, a 71.3% completion rate, a 174.0 passer rating, and he's also uh, running for 50 yards a game. So athletic quarterback who can move the chains with his feet and certainly with his arm. Um, their defense had done well against lighter opposition until last week. Kansas gashed him a bit, 560 yards plus on offense, um, ran for a couple hundred as well. So – um, might be an opportunity for Virginia. You know, when Virginia wins this season, they've run well. They've run for 200-plus in both the wins. 
Um, and so maybe a chance to try to, you know, lighten the load a little bit for Brennan Armstrong on that passing game with uh, trying to establish a run game. But, but yeah, uh, some complimentary football. I think this was going to come down to, uh, you know, who makes the least mistakes uh, and not just turnovers, but just mistakes in general uh, on both sides. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. And, you know, if, if it is wet uh, or, you know, maybe not a monsoon, but if, if they do get rain and it's a wet field, uh, Virginia's running game could serve them well there uh, and with Armstrong because he can run it, as we all know. <clears throat> so that, that could be play into their favor a little bit. But, you know, I think it's time if, if they're going to get this offense cranked up, now's the time. If they don't do it now, I, I don't know, it may be too late. Uh, you fall to two and three, uh, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle from there. But uh, you would think that the defense would play pretty well. Uh, the fact that Kansas put up over 500 yards on Duke's defense uh, is kind of encouraging to me because uh, there's no question Virginia can move the ball if they just get things clicking. They've just got to find the answers, and, and they can't – wait around to the second half to do it. They, in both their losses, they were buried kind of early. Looked like they might get run out of the stadium. So they they can't afford another slow start in Durham and let Duke jump up on them and then have to fight from behind the rest of the game because that changes your game plan to some degree, maybe forces you to throw it more than you would like to. And, uh, gosh, they're not throwing it well right now. A couple other football news and notes before we switch over to basketball to, to wrap things up. Chico Bennett Jr. named the ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week. Big week for him up at Syracuse. And then Jelani Woods. A lot of uh, UVA fans might have been paying attention uh, on Red Zone or maybe even just watching the, the, the Indianapolis upset win over the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Live. Jelani Wood, he only had two catches in the game. They were both for touchdowns, including the game winner in the last minute. Big day for Woods. Yeah, and he caught it against uh, Rodney McLeod, right? The former Wahoo. No, he caught it against um, – no, Juan, Juan, Thornhill. Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill. McLeod had the game-clinching interception for uh, for the Colts. That's right. That's right. So a lot of who's in that game. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Jelani, I, we were wondering when they were going to – use him as an impact player. Now they know they've got a, a big target they can throw to in the end zone and the red zone and gives them another threat. And uh, gosh, we loved that guy last year. We felt, I don't think they used him nearly enough last year uh, at Virginia. A six, seven tight end who can run, has great hands. Uh, I think he's going to become a, a star in the NFL over time. Uh He's, he's got the total package. He's the toast of Indianapolis uh, right now because uh, uh, you know, a lot of Colts fans weren't that familiar with him and what he could do. And, man, he made a statement last Sunday. Yeah, you're right. We knew all last season uh, from the first time we saw him that he was, he was going to be doing those things on Sundays uh, not too long in the future. Um, so thinking basketball now, uh, everybody's starting basketball practice. You know, the season's yeah. over. A few weeks away, November 7th, 13 ACC teams tip off, including Virginia, on opening night. And so um, it's been kind of quiet on that front. A lot of the schools uh, that we both get emails from a lot, uh, the ACC schools, 
Uh, they've already had their media days. They've already done all these fun things. And um, we haven't heard, you know, crickets, even the crickets from, from the Virginia folks yet, but we know they're practicing. And, um, but in the meantime, the news, we've got a couple of recruiting updates from you, Jerry, uh, from the past few days. Yeah, a couple. Uh, the, I, I guess the uh, one news that, that didn't surprise anybody was that uh, – Still, still, I, I struggle with this kid's name. Stoyakovich. Stoyakovich. Uh, he, uh, I don't know that I ever, ever recall anybody having an uh, announcement to, uh, yeah, certainly to name your final six schools, but then you turn around a few weeks later and your final four schools. I, that's that's a little bit much. I hope that does not become a trend in the recruiting world. Um, some of the other recruiting experts were kind of making fun of that, but he – He's a four-star. He's a number 22 player in the class. Um, he's college ready. There's no question. He'll he'll probably be a star. I don't know how long he'll be in college. Uh, I think he'll probably end up going to UCLA. He's a California guy. Three of his four schools are in California. The other one's on the other side of the Mississippi in Texas. He never visited Virginia. I never really thought that they were – really in it with him uh so uh but they have moved on and uh tony bennett has has actually moved on to the uh class of 2024 with this kid uh and we're not sure you and i were talking about this before we came on how to pronounce his name it's uh con and we don't know if it's canoople or just couple or Nupal. Or Nupal. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, I'll, while you're talking, I'll see if I can find a pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, his father, Con Knupel, we'll go with Knupel until we know better, uh, played at Wisconsin Lutheran and from 94 to 98, scored 2,000 points. His mom, Shari Norgard, was the all time leading scorer in women's basketball. At, Wisconsin Green Bay, which is Tony Bennett's alma mater. So he, he probably knows them. Uh, and uh, Nupel's uncle, uh, I think his name is uh, Jeff Norgard, uh, was quite a scorer for one of the schools up there. And he was a second round pick by the NBA's Milwaukee Bucks. So he comes from a basketball family. I'm seeing, Jerry, um, the, the pronunciation guide I found here. It's a German last name, and if we're going with the German pronunciation, it would be Knuppel. Okay, Knuppel. So we, we were right. Yeah. I've got a little German background in me, so <laughs> in my DNA. So maybe My we'll... red hair was supposedly from my German uh, <laughs> grandfather, so I should have known that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, who better to know the state of Wisconsin than Tony Bennett? I mean, obviously he grew up there, uh, played there, coached there. Uh, with his dad at Wisconsin um, for a little while before they moved on and uh, has continued to recruit well there, getting Sam Hauser out of Marquette uh, a couple of years ago. He's now with the Boston Celtics. Uh, got Leon Bond the third out of there, just in this uh, this current freshman class. Couldn't we kind of count Reese Beekman? We count we count Reese Beekman because <laughs> he grew up in Milwaukee, and, yeah. and uh, Leon Bond told us that he actually took an elementary school, I think elementary school class, 
Uh, maybe it was a high school class. I think it was elementary school class with Reese Bigman uh, in Milwaukee. So okay. uh, big, if you ask Bigman where he's from, he'll tell you he's from Milwaukee. He won't, he won't tell you he's from Baton Rouge. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Knupel, uh it's a top 100 player in the class of 2024. Uh, he's a 6'5 shooting guard. He uh, already had a ton of offers before Virginia jumped into the fray yesterday. He has offers from Wisconsin, big surprise, uh, Marquette, Minnesota, Notre Dame, Southern Cal, Stanford, Miami, Iowa, Illinois, Georgia Tech, Ohio State, and Texas A&M. Uh, this kid uh, will tell you I'm a three-point shooter, but I like to get to the rack and surprise people athletically. So he, we know he's a little bit of an athletic kid. He's a smooth shooter, uh, has deep range, has good vision. He's a strong passer. Um, he, he had good numbers last year playing for uh, his high school team, Wisconsin Lutheran. Uh, which is in Milwaukee, as a sophomore, scored in double figures in 22 of 28 games. But he is he really came on strong this summer playing for uh, Phenom Universe, which is an AAU program on the 16 and under circuit, where he averaged over a 28-game schedule. These are some nice numbers, Chris. He averaged 20.9 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, uh, 3.6 assists, uh, shot 52% from the field, 43.6% from the arc, and 80% from the free throw line. Does that sound like a Tony Bennett guard or, or what? It sounds like somebody <laughs> who knows how to shoot the ball already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he might be a step slower than than uh, than what Tony is used to, but uh, we're sure that uh, – Mike Curtis can help him improve in, in those departments. But uh, two, 247 Sports has him rated in his class as the number 52 player overall nationally, which is uh, would be a nice get, and the number 16 player in the country at his position and the top prospect in the state of Wisconsin. Um, on our website, we have uh, a little highlight film of him that you can see him in person if you if you want to check him out. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Virginia has also reached out and shown some interest in a 2023 shooting guard, uh, 6'6", Aaron Clark of Brewster Academy in New Hampshire. He's the number 123 prospect nationally overall and number 19 shooting guard. So, Looks like they're really looking for another shooting guard to join this team in the near future. Every time we think that the recruiting news is coming to an end, nope, it's not. Even when <laughs> never stops. recruiting news, <laughs> it never stops. That's right. That's right. Um, and it won't be long before we'll, we'll be reporting on um, uh, the actual 2022-2023 season. I mentioned it's not too far off from starting. Uh, November 7th is the first game um, this week, the ACC finalized uh, schedule details. It already released the dates of games, especially the ACC games. And, and, and as the uh, schools had done their non-conference games a few weeks ago, but now we have tip times. Um, I think the opener is a nine o'clock tip on November 7th. Um, so, and I noticed Jerry for us, uh, those of us who have to work games, 
there were quite a few nine o'clock tips for us in JPJ. So we'll have some late nights. Yeah, I was not excited to see that because uh, <laughs> it means we won't get to bed uh, until the wee hours. Yeah, yeah. T- two or three in the morning after a after a game is is, is par for the course like with a nine o'clock tip. Um, yeah, I guess we were lucky last year. We didn't have too many, but we're we're paying for it now. Well, that's the that was that's what comes with expectations. Uh, the, this team is is uh, uh, a lot of folks are saying a, a certainly a top twenty five team. You know, quite a few folks are saying Sweet sixteen and, and even more. Uh, with with this group so when when you're covering a team that uh, uh, has those expectations they, they don't they don't they don't hide you at seven o'clock on a regional sports network they make you play at nine on ESPN a lot <laughs> this is true uh, they, they want to get the best ratings and so they get the best teams to get the people to stay up and watch that's right so ho- hopefully uh, you know the things will follow through in that respect but yeah it's gonna be a fun season no doubt about that um, Jerry anything else uh, as we get ready to wrap up uh, no, not really. Uh, all the Olympic sports coverage is on our website, as well as football and basketball and anything else that you might want to know about Wahoos. Uh, I want to thank the, our other sponsors, other than UVA Ortho, uh, which we mentioned earlier in the show, but uh, Aberdeen Barn, uh, my gosh, go get a great steak from Angela and and uh, Terry over there. Uh, Convenient place, easy in, easy out. Great food, great atmosphere. Uh, you can listen to our commercial on there for their information. Also, Ragged Mountain Running Shop, uh, Mark and Cynthia Lorenzoni. Go see them for all your running needs. And if you're having uh, any discomfort walking or running with your feet, your ankles, your uh, knees, your hips, Go see our other sponsor, the Good Feet Store at Stonefield, uh, right over across the road from the theater next to Burgerbach. Um, those, uh, Jonathan Cotton and, and his staff, uh, they're in 18, at least 18 uh, locations all over uh, a three-store, uh, three-state, maybe four-state now. I think they might be in Cleveland, Ohio now, too. Um everywhere from Baltimore and DC down to Winston-Salem, but uh, they'll hook you up. Uh, they, they have, they provide, measure you, fit you for arches for your feet that will take all the discomfort out of walking and running for you and help you with any of the physical problems you might be having there. So it's well worth your time to go by and pay them a visit. So uh, thank all these sponsors. Anytime you see them, uh, we couldn't be doing this without them and we appreciate them. Before this podcast started, Jerry was on the injured list uh, as as questionable. But I got to say, Jerry, you, you, you troopered pretty well through this one. Well, it didn't hurt my mouth any. <laughs> <laughs> the mouth was still functional. That was the important yeah. thing. Thank goodness I didn't land on my mouth. So. <laughs> my cheekbone and nose instead. So uh, if you see me in the next week or two before I heal up, uh, I hope I don't scare you to death. But uh, <laughs> I would say you should see the other guy. That's what you should. That's do. right. That's right. <laughs> see the other guy. As far as I know, asphalt is undefeated. <laughs> undefeated, untied. That's right. Uh, well, for Jerry Ratcliffe, I am Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great week. <laughs>